Well, Happy New Year to you all. It is wonderful to be back and especially wonderful to be here with you this morning as we celebrate not only the baptism of Jesus, but also the baptisms of Carson and of Sophie. It's an amazing way to start off a new year and this new season in our church calendar. It may come as a surprise to you that today is actually the first of six Sundays in this season after the Epiphany. But in many Episcopal churches, including here at St. John's, the Feast of the Epiphany itself is seldom celebrated in church. Although we did have the burning of the greens last night. And if you've never seen a dried up Christmas tree go up in flames, you are missing out next year, next year. But in fact, the Feast of the Epiphany is perhaps the only great festival day of the church year that is observed more in neglect than an actual celebration. But it's an important holiday in other countries, and it's actually the principal feast of the incarnation in the Orthodox Church. But epiphanies really never caught on in mainstream American culture. It's generally overshadowed by Christmas right before, and then that greatest of economic and marketing holidays, Valentine's Day, <laughs> which is already here apparently. So maybe we can work on that in the years to come. Epiphany is traditionally called the Feast of the Three Wise Men from the East. They're called Magi in scripture, which means magicians or astrologers. This unlikely trio comes seemingly out of nowhere. And they're looking for the one who's born king of the Jews. And appearing only once, the near-mythic story of Jesus' birth recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, they then disappear from Scripture almost as suddenly as they first appeared. But the point of their journey remains important to this day because they are the first to understand what others could not see, that Jesus had in fact been born King of the Jews. And for the ancient church, this epiphany or acknowledgement of Christ was worth celebrating. And let's be honest, it still is today. The Gospels are full of moments of epiphany in which the divine becomes manifest now in our midst. And we'll read of them throughout this season coming up. In our Gospel reading today, Jesus arrives at the Jordan requesting baptism from this reluctant John. And as we heard, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, John saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Heaven and earth were brought together in this sacramental instant and Christ was revealed before the world's very eyes. His mission and his ministry became crystal clear. You are my son, the beloved. These words, or ones very much like them, are proclaimed more than once throughout the Gospels, almost as this exclamation mark that emphasizes the role and the reality of Christ. We find them repeated at the Transfiguration, midway through our Lord's public ministry, 
And at the end, it's the centurion at the foot of the cross who comes to the same epiphany. He exclaims that Jesus was indeed God's son. But what are we to make of these epiphanies for ourselves today? Well, for one thing, they're sobering reminders that the Lord is more than just our sibling, more than simply a friend we can turn to when we're seeking a listening ear, more even than a great prophet. Christ is none other than God, made present in our day and in our age. His divinity spills over into our confused and oftentimes hurting earthly realm. As we read of Jesus' journeys throughout Galilee and beyond, as we listen attentively to his stories and to his parables, we are from time to time reminded unequivocally of where this is all coming from and ultimately where it will all lead to. And if the Father can be well pleased with Jesus, his son, he can be well pleased with us as well who are in fact his children by adoption. That's the meaning of the gospel. And that's the promise made to us in our own baptisms. It was the promise made real in the baptisms in Ephesus that we heard read from Acts. And it's the same promise that will be made real in just a few minutes as Carson and as Sophie receive their baptisms. If Epiphany is this sometimes forgotten feast, perhaps it's in part because Epiphanies themselves can sometimes seem to be short-lived realities. Christ abides with us, yet his presence in our lives can seem at the same time all too fleeting as we go about our routines of family and work. Even as Jesus' own baptism in the Jordan passes, those heavens once again close up. The dove is gone, and Jesus is left to his mission on earth. There's work to be done. There's a gospel to be proclaimed. That epiphany that was experienced became the gospel that must be lived. Our own baptismal covenant reminds us that we are called to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbors as ourselves. And whenever it was that we came up from the waters of our own baptisms, whether that was last year or decades ago, we came up from those waters a new person in Christ, a child of God called to make the Lord manifest and known in our world right now. Our baptism unites us with who we are today, with nothing less than the powers of Jesus Christ, the beloved of the Father, baptized at the Jordan those 20 centuries ago. Christ dwells with us today and is still there to be seen and discovered by those who, like those magi, are willing to journey far from the familiar and the comfortable in their quest for understanding and knowledge. Like the wise ones from the East, we must be willing to leave the comfort of our own preconceptions and prejudices. 
We must be willing to look for Christ in places that others might refuse to enter, whether it be a homeless shelter, a hospital, a rally protesting some injustice in our world, or even in a stable. The Magi brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We must bring the gift of ourselves as we encounter a Jesus alive and present in the elderly, in the children, and in all the vulnerable and defenseless people of our world. Christ is also manifest today in the bread and wine of Holy Eucharist, which we recognize is nothing less than his very body and blood. Christ is manifest when we turn to him in confident prayer and in those times when we find ourselves without words or on the point of despair. He's with us in the quiet of our hearts and in the chaos and the tumult of our daily lives. Christ is not ours to hold or to keep. Because paradoxically, he allows us from time to time to experience his absence, precisely so that we, his disciples, may learn the importance of bringing his presence to others. That's the epiphany challenge of our baptismal covenant. Each celebration of the Eucharist in our church begins with the prayerful acknowledgement to God, to you, all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you, no secrets are hid. We recognize that the Lord knows us and has known us from all time and eternity. So as we are known in God, so we must now become in our lives an epiphany of Christ's presence in our world today. <clears throat>